a lot of people probably would have said that it was dumb to get married when we did. We were still, uh, I was a senior, I was going into my senior year. You were in grad school. I think we made about $12,000 that year. We were living off of my internship money and some savings mm -hmm. that we had saved up. It was hard and we fought a lot um, about money and about other stuff. It was a really tough year. At the time, I would not have said good. <laughs> <laughs> we're Nick and Hannah True, and we're here to help you go from feeling confused, stressed, and ashamed about your finances to having a budget that reflects your values, provides clarity and confidence in your daily spending decisions, and fosters unity between you and your spouse. We'll help you craft a money story that not only gives you personal freedom, but also creates a positive impact in your family and community. Welcome to Craft Your Money Story, a Mapped Out Money podcast. All right. I'm jazzed up for this one. Good. Take it, take it away. <laughs> so <clears throat> I want to start with saying, kind of pushing back on the fire movement, really. Uh, hot take. Hot take. It's hot take about the fire movement. Um, now, so if you're not familiar with the fire movement, financial independence, retire early. Um, I think that most modern practitioners of the fire movement would push back on the description I'm about to give. But I would say a lot of the early fire days um, had this feel of achieve financial independence and retire early as quickly as possible by any means necessary. Even if the people who were writing about this wasn't that wasn't their goal, that was the way that it was taken by a lot of people. Yeah, and uh, and I just disagree with with that premise. Um, and so, really, the theme of this episode is kind of trying to make two points. Number one, the uh, I want to just encourage you on the importance of recognizing that the journey is important and part of the process. It's not just about the destination. And then number two, it's recognizing that because the journey is important, you're going to have to undergo a transformation. And so you want to figure out what is that transformation that you need to undergo to achieve the financial goals that you have and who do you need to become to do that? And therefore, what does that person do? And so we'll kind of get into that, but, um, that's kind of where I want to start. I'm just keeping an eye on Margo cause I'm afraid that she's going to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Margo, come on, come here. I'm going to grab her. People are getting restless. All right, we're ready. All right, are we ready? Yes. Okay. So I want to start out by reading uh, a couple sections from this article from Nathan Barry. So if you if you know me, you know that I really like Nathan Barry. I uh, followed him a long time. He runs a company called ConvertKit. And he wrote this article a couple years ago that is sort of pushing back on the Mexican fisherman parable which we've talked about the Mexican fisherman parable before on this podcast. And I do like aspects of it. Um, but Nathan, I thought, brings up a really good point. So we'll, we'll share that as we go. But let me first read this little section that I love from him. So he says, a book editor at a major publisher once told me how he reviews fiction book proposals. For nonfiction, the standard is to submit a proposal, outline, sample chapter, but for fiction, the author has to submit the complete manuscript. My response was, wow, that's a lot of books to read. But then he explained with fiction, it's much easier to know if a book is worth reading by just reading the beginning and the end. When I looked confused, he explained further, start by reading just enough of the beginning to get a feeling for who the hero of the story is, then skip all the way to the end and read enough to get an understanding of who they are now. Are they the same person, or did they undergo a major transformation and growth? 
In a great story, the hero will always encounter a series of adversity, a serious adversity that will change them. The Lord of the Rings, Sam, starts out as a bumbling kid and ends the story with incredible strength and willpower to save Middle-earth. And yes, Sam is the hero of the trilogy, not Frodo. So um, this idea that we have to undergo a transformation, I thought was really, really cool. Yeah. So the Mexican fisherman story, I'm not going to retell the whole thing. But we did a whole episode on that, didn't we? We did a whole episode okay. on it. Um the the premise of the Mexican fisherman parable is this big finance guy works in you know Wall Street or whatever, visits a small fishing village and uh, encounters this Mexican fisherman, and long story short, the guy is like, well, what do you do all day? And the Mexican fisherman says, well, I you know I fish a little bit, I get enough for my family, then I go into town and I play guitar and hang out with my buddies and I maybe take a nap a little bit halfway of the day. Then I have dinner with my wife and sip a little wine. That's kind of my life. The investment banker sort of encourages him to go, why don't you spend more time fishing and grow your operations and level up and then expand that to a fleet of boats and then expand that to uh, a whole enterprise and then move to New York City where you can manage blah, 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 and then get super rich and wealthy. And the Mexican fisherman just keeps going, well, then what? Well, then what? Well, then what? And finally, the investment banker says, well, then you could retire and with your riches, move to a small local fishing village where you fish a little and play guitar with your buddies and nap in the afternoon and have dinner with your wife. And the moral of the parable is he's already got that. He's already achieved the destination. So why go through all this trouble? So good story, good parable. And I do think there's some learnings from it. But I really liked what Nathan had to say, and this is why I wanted to do a a podcast on this. So here's what Nathan says. The lesson of the story is to know what you want and to pursue it directly rather than wasting so much time on the rat race, pursuing what everyone else values, only to find that you already had what truly matters. There's incredible power in getting clear on what you actually want and optimizing for that. So many people work without purpose and waste years pursuing of an unknown outcome. For them, the parable of the Mexican fisherman is a perfect spark for clarity. Understand what you want and pursue it directly. But here's the problem. If you shortcut to the destination, you won't undergo real transformation. Imagine you won the lottery tomorrow. You'd you'd achieve your financial goals, but without the life experience to cope with the change in your circumstances. That's why you see so many musicians and actors struggling after hitting instant fame at a young age. They all have success without the full journey. It would be like Harry Potter defeating Voldemort for good in book one, but still being some naive kid. Or Wesley, the farm boy in The Princess Bride, starting a relationship with Buttercup, but before growing up. Journeys and hardships shape us. Okay, so this is where I kind of got excited because this perfectly correlates to what we've been studying in the book of James. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so in the book of James, James talks about how uh, God allows us to face trials for the purpose of testing our faith. And when you look up the Greek word for testing, 
It's the way that you would test your muscle. It's the way that you would strengthen your muscle by stressing them. And so you add stress to your muscles, they build back stronger. In the same way, God allows our faith to be tested so that it builds back stronger. And this totally applies to financial hardships and is true with your money. And so um, I think a lot of people need to be tested financially so that they can build their financial muscles and like your habits and yes. all of that stuff. Like yes. those things don't just happen. They don't just happen. Yeah, you totally have to build those. And and if you just all of a sudden were debt free and, and had all the wealth that you wanted, but you didn't have all the habits and the muscles and the, and the disciplines in place that come out of the hardships, you're not going to be able to manage that and you're going to end up blowing through it and it's not going to be sustainable for you at all. And so, um, I, I really just, I love this idea that like trying to get to the destination without the journey is totally meaningless and isn't going to achieve what you think it's going to achieve. Yeah. Um, I think too, I mean, this is slightly different example, but like related, um, us talking about the different shifts that we made in the last episode, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of really each one of those, it was like a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more freedom and flexibility, a little bit more freedom and flexibility. But if we had just jumped from like way back here to like the level of freedom and flexibility that we have now, we would be so unprepared Absolutely. to like, we couldn't use manage that well. this. We wouldn't no. be, no, I'd probably, we'd probably be so mismanaging our freedom and flexibility. We'd have to go get a job. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think the, because we have, we have complete you know, more or less autonomy to structure yeah. our days. Like no one's making us no do one's what making we need us to do. Do what we have to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, and so we had to to piece piece that together mm-hmm. to be able to manage it the way we do and now and build up that discipline and build up those habits and all of those things. Yeah, totally. So um, the other the other kind of thing that I wanted to work into this was um, Jocko's good mm-hmm. framework and recognizing that if if you're going through trials, there's some good that's going to come out of it. Yeah. It's just funny. It's funny how all of these different things, like they really boil down to like the same, same stuff. Yeah. Same stuff. And most of the time it's something that's actually biblical. Yes. But a lot of these people are not coming at it from that perspective at totally. all. So it's just funny. It but. is funny. No. And, and if, if you're not familiar with Jocko's good video, just go to YouTube and search Jocko good It'll come right up. It's great. And um, the idea is is just very similar to what we've been talking about. If you're going through a financially tough time, if you lost your job, if you had a medical expense, if you had um, a car wreck, if whatever happened, recognize that there's some good that's going to come from this. You may not see it right now, but you're going to learn something. You're going to build a new skill. There's going to be something that happens because of this. That is good. And and from a biblical perspective, I shared this, I think, a couple episodes ago, but the the word that I've latched onto is this idea of hoopamino, which is um, this this perseverance and abiding because we know that some good is going to come from the test, from the trial as we persevere through it. Yeah. So like 
Jocko always differentiates too. He's like, it's not, um, cause we all know those people who like when something bad's happening, they have a almost like obnoxious level of positivity. Yeah. It's like a fake, fake-ish. I think they actually call it toxic positivity. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> um, anyways. Um, and so it, it's not, it's not that it's just looking at it and going like, Oh, I'm facing this hard thing like I'm trying to think of what he uses an example um let's see uh oh you lost your job yep and and you you don't know you know like what you're gonna do next Jocko would be like good this gives you the opportunity to like fine-tune your skills and really get in and like rework your um your, your resume yeah, to find resume something better yeah and you know uh, all of that stuff. He would just go into like the opportunities that yes. it presents you with. It's like, it's not ignoring the fact that you're going no. through something hard. It's just recognizing that it's an opportunity for you to like build, build something good out of it. It is. It's a, it's choosing to focus. This is again, a, another similar idea, right? As like, we've talked about a lot, but it's choosing to focus on the things that you can control. It's choosing where you focus your energy and choosing where you focus your actions so that you can, turn this situation into a good situation. The other framework that I really liked that came to mind as I was thinking about this episode was um, this question that Alex Hermosi uh, proposed in this podcast I recently listened to. He said, um, if you were to design a human who was patient and strong and resilient, how would you build those qualities or those characteristics? probably make him face some hard stuff. It seems stuff. like such common sense when you like phrase it that way too. Totally. You know, whereas, but like in the moment when we're dealing with things in life, we tend to not think of it that way. Totally. Not at all. And that's where like, you know, when I think back in our life, what are some of the things that laid the foundation for where we're at today? Well, a lot of people probably would have said that it was dumb to get married when we did. We were still, uh, I was a senior, I was going into my senior year you were in grad school. I think we made about $12,000 that year. We were living off of my internship money and some savings mm -hmm. that we had saved up. And like, um, it was hard. It was freaking hard. Yeah. It was so hard. And we didn't do any, I mean, we didn't do anything. Like we, it was hard and we fought a lot um, about money and about other stuff. It was a really tough year. At the time, I would not have said good. <laughs> I would not have seen those things. But I, looking back, I absolutely see how they laid the foundation for the conversations that we're able to have today. Uh, I feel like we, we had a hard year that accelerated our marriage um, in, in ways that maybe would have taken us years to build that totally. relationship, I totally agree. but because of the difficulty, um, it accelerated it. Yeah. And, um, and there's lots of good that came out of that. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's really been the same for every trial that we've been through after that, like every trial that we've encountered looking back on it, I can see like how it relation, it strengthened our relationship with Christ and it strengthened our relationship with each other and our marriage has like gotten so much better through those things, yep. even though you wouldn't think that it would. Totally. Yeah, totally. Well, and I would say like, uh, so on a micro level, there's lots of little examples of these two, which is like, 
one of the things that I say a lot about RVing, so um, for people who will ask me like, oh, like what's RVing like? Should, should we RV? One of the things I'll say is you either need to be a chill person to RV or become a chill person. Allow it to turn you into. Or you'll quit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because um, RVing is just like this pressure cooker for unexpected problems. And so, you know, you're living in 100, 200 square feet. Um, You're getting on each other's nerves. You're all over, you know, on top of each other. Hannah's trying to go to the bathroom while I'm in the shower and we're two feet away from each other, you know. it, it is a pressure cooker for uh, personal tensions. And then also like you get flat tires, you get lost, your internet's not working. There's a spider that crawls in the what Like there's so many things that happen that you have to either learn how to roll with the punches or you're going to throw in the towel. And financially, we, especially me, because historically I've not been good with, with dealing with financial unexpected things. But RVing has made us so much better at navigating. Like when all this stuff happened with your arm yeah, and we've had all these medical expenses now, the amount of stress and like tension we felt through that, even though it's 10 times the expense as a random RV thing, we have dealt with this so much better than we would have de- than we previously dealt with like unexpected expenses during RVing. Yeah. Cause used to like, it didn't matter the unexpected expense. It didn't even matter like how big the expense was. The unexpected expense could have been $20. Yes. But the fact that it was unexpected, like really would throw you It'd for a loop. Throw me for a loop. Like and you then, would just be in and a then we'd terrible fight, mood. And it just, yeah. I mean, and, and so when I think about like, you know, the whole idea of the fiction book, right? Of going like, where are you at at the beginning of the story and who are you at the end? Um, that is one way that I have changed a ton. Yeah. And that the journey that we've been on has led to that transformation. Um, and, and so that's why I think it's really important to recognize the journey. The journey matters. It's not about the end destination of the Mexican fisherman village. It is absolutely about the journey and the transformation along the way. And... It ties in with that contentment piece that we've talked about in previous episodes too. Like if you embrace this idea that like the journey is important and um, the journey is refining you, like you can find contentment in the journey and not, not be one of those people who is like, well, when I get this next thing, then I'll be happy. Or when I get this next thing, then I'll be happy because there's always a next thing. So, yeah, it's not a constant rushing to that next destination it's recognizing that the journey has value Mm -hmm. in and of itself like i think about um the kayaking trip that we did with your cousins Mm -hmm. so we did this kayaking trip what 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 was it It was like 40 miles i think right we were gonna do 20 and 20 yeah uh 21 day camp uh and then 20 the next day and Mm so we basically camping on like a like a, a little pull-off island thing. Yeah. It was, yeah. Like, there was nothing there. But it's it wasn't just the like river, a like, campground. your cousin's parents live on the river, and so we were like, let's put in 40 miles upstream, and we'll kayak, we'll camp halfway, and then we'll kayak to their, their place. And uh, 
that trip, shout out to Jordan for orchestrating this trip that, that trip we still like look back on was miserable and talk about, but miserable, but awesome. But awesome. Right. And yeah. so like when we look back, like in the moment, oh my gosh, I was like, what? We're stupid. This is the dumbest thing. It is. It was so, none of us had ever kayaked hardly. I mean, we were like, yeah, let's do 40 well, Jordan, miles. Jordan like he fish fishing kayaks, and stuff, but not like, We've talked about this, like we didn't, you just don't fully grasp like the difference that like the wind makes and like, oh, we thought the current was going to be helping us out and it's actually not helping us out and you know, just things like that. There's, there's things that we were a little clueless, but it's it's funny now, right? Because I'm like, now looking back, I'm like, I'm so glad we did that trip because it's funny. We laugh. We look back. It gives us uh, like a shared experience to talk about. Like if you're listening, we talk to this, about that all the we time. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. And if, like if you're listening, think about think about a vacation that went perfect or like a trip that went perfect. Yeah, you forget about it. You never quickly. talk about that trip. It's so true. The one that yeah. you talk about is the one where like the one that you was like hard and wrong. you accomplished something yes. and like there. Yeah, like um, and we. I don't know. It was just such a fun trip because we all talk about like we made it to that halfway point and it's like it took us longer than we expected. And so it was pretty dark by the time we were like getting there to camp. Nick and I had hammocks, but everybody else on the trip was sleeping like on the ground. (laughs) And like I said, this was not a campground. This was like a spot on the side of the river that you could just barely pull off to. Park the boats. Yes. And um, so they're like sleeping on like rocks and, you know, whatever. We should have like giving people our hammocks we sound like real jerks in the story but um so they're all sleeping on rocks and like just totally uncomfortable not getting any sleep and like we had taken um cans of cans of chili i think i don't know it was that we were supposed to heat up over the fire but by the time like by the time we got around to making a fire we're like trying to get these beans to cook to like get warm and we're like starving and we just got impatient so we just ended up eating like cold Cold chili out of the can and everybody's so tired so we just like you're yeah yeah cold so you know like we end up trying to go to sleep most people don't really sleep good we wake up that next morning and we're all so sore no one wants to go kayak another 20 miles no no one wants to get back in these kayaks and at that point we could have called jordan's dad to come and like pick us up with the trailer and like load all the kayaks up but it was like if we didn't do it at that point we were committing to like going the rest of the way because there wasn't another spot i think if anybody had said like guys i'm out i'm calling everybody would have followed everybody would have followed yeah but it was like we're all like okay i guess i'm putting my boat back in the water (laughs) guess i'm gonna get back in this boat unless somebody says everybody good everybody yeah so you know we all got back in the boats and we all made it but it was so funny because we looked back and it was like we were all hoping that somebody would be like all right i quit just let's just stop here (laughs) but nobody did it nobody would do it so it's a good trip I don't know what the moral of that journey was, but... I'm sure we got something out of that, we, Well, we... That definitely I mean, built some character. It built some character and more... I mean, it, it was just a fun memory that we yeah. now have with your cousins. Totally. And, like, that that that's, like, a goofy little example. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, I think it's just important to recognize that, like, that journey matters. And it's, it's not just about the destination. Um, so let me, let me jump in. So I want to finish by reading what, how Nathan Berry concludes his article. So he says, a lot of people set goals by asking, what are my values and what do I want? 
but they need to add a third question of who will I have to become to achieve it? He says, years from now, as I sit in my comfy armchair reading the final pages of the story of your life, what transformation will I have read about? Will you be a different person at the end of your story than where you were when it started? They say that it's about the journey, not the destination. I say, pick a destination that will take you on a journey that will truly change you. Um, I just really like that idea. Well, I think it's also good. Like, who will I have to become to achieve it? Making sure that you're not going after the, the wrong, wrong things, things totally. that are going to turn you into somebody that yeah. you don't want to be turned into. Yes. What kind of person achieves this? Oh, maybe I don't want to be that person. Yeah. 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 So I think the two, the two kind of takeaways that I wanted to share were, um, the things that I'm thinking about for us is like, number one, just being encouraged. If you're facing some hard financial times, maybe some unexpected expenses, maybe inflation's gone crazy. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you can't buy that house, like whatever it is, recognizing that we're called, especially if you're a Christian, we're called to Hupamino, right? We're called to persevere because we know that good is going to come from that perseverance. And we know that the tests are going to build financially strong muscles and we're going to learn how to navigate these times and that's going to help us in the future. And well, so, and also they're going to build our faith in the true provider totally. and remind us Absolutely. that it's not us. It's not yeah. us. And so, um, just being encouraged in that. And then the second is just a question that I wanted to leave everybody with. And the question I've been asking myself, which is when we build on the vision and the direction, right? So the last couple episodes, we've talked a lot about the importance of vision and direction in your finances. So when you look at that vision doc and you look at the direction you're going, what actions does the person that you need to become need to take? So when you look at the vision, you go, okay, well, who, who do I have to become to achieve that vision? And then what actions does that person need to take? And, um, and so when I think about our vision, reverse engineering, yeah, yeah. that when I think about our vision, that's, that's what I'm thinking about is going like, all right, Nick, if you want to do this, if you want to, you know, do the building projects that we say we're going to do, and we want to build mapped out money and grow and do these things, who do I have to become to do that? And, And I've got a lot. I got a lot of transformation that I still got to go through. So. Well, I just want to end by saying that I hope everybody can see Marg as well. I can't tell if you can see her. <laughs> She's so cute. <laughs> you got anything dog. else? Um, no, just that Margot is cute. Oh, well, that's good. Scout is also cute, but I don't think she's in the She's in not the in the video. So, <laughs> um, yeah, well, hopefully you found that helpful and interesting. And if you're going through some tough times, I just want to encourage you to persevere. You know what I do think we need to do? Some stuff we like. Oh, well, what are you liking? Um, No, I'm going to make you do it because I was looking at your internet sweatshirt and I'm like, you need to like explain your internet sweatshirt. Oh, okay. Uh, I like Jack Butcher. Uh, So Jack Butcher is uh, this guy on Twitter uh, who I like. I don't know. (laughs) Everybody that Nick likes is some guy. He's on Twitter. Some dude on Twitter. Um, No, so Jack Butcher has uh, this brand called Visualize Value and he just does I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like a cool aesthetic. It's like a like a Twitter think boy aesthetic. And um, he's a designer. He does cool stuff. He writes really good stuff about business. And his he's got this uh, hoodie that has the the letters as if it's like a university, right? So like the university, the university of the whatever, internet. but mine just says internet. 
And so it's, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm from the university of the internet, bro. Yeah. So. Cool. I'm glad you explained. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a wrap. Right.